We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's pod, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here on Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you wanted to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and e-learning course filled with tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get you sure published to apple spotify google stitcher and other listening platforms and the best part is that you can get this all for 15 dollars a month that's the same rate that any other hosting site would just charge you for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to your sports experience acceptance to the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box for this episode to find out more that's bwhustle.com slash join it feels like miami 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 Welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today is my producer, co-founder, Brian Goins. Now, Brian's audio, I don't think, is working right now. Brian, can you say something? Something. Oh, my God. The audio works. Wow. At the buzzer, dude. That was so clutch. Holy shit. Good for you. That's producing. That is fixing stuff on the fly. I did nothing. Nothing. Okay, fine. We take those. Uh, Brian, is screen is on the bottom left if you're watching on twitch.tv slash MIA Heapy or for the YouTube audience. Now for the YouTube audience, I think we might be using a different intro music because we have been uh, cited for copyright for uh, for sampling Kanye in that intro. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on go, going forward. We're going to figure that out. Uh, we're going to keep the intro. We're just going to figure out ways around this. Uh, on the left of my screen. I got the uh- Wait, I thought the idea was to have Al say. Well, why are you ruining the surprise, like Brian? Why, why are you ruining the surprise for the audience? Okay. It's, not even a it's a surprise. Well, we don't know what we're going to do. Left On the left of the screen, we have our statistician at Professor Photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. What's up, everybody? Sorry Christian. for the I'm sh- terrible connection. You know, things are difficult over here in Colorado. 
Yeah, where are you? Are you like in a cabin in the mountains? What the hell's going on? I basically am. I'm, it is very isolated out here, and I feel very safe. I feel like COVID is very Honestly, far away from it's kind of matching you. this glitch team that we have going. So Yeah, you're kind of like glitching in and out, which I think is, it matches just the general aesthetic of our Twitch. It's I'm, I'm out here scouting in the mountains of Colorado. I'll, I'll have some reports later on. You need to find the heat of power forward that can defend Giannis, because joining us today... First time on the program, host of the Gyro Step podcast, also on our Blue Wire family, Ty Winches. I should have asked you for your last name. I asked you for your first name. I didn't ask you how to say your last name. How do you say your last name? Windish. It's a it's a double threat Windish. name pronunciation I have going on. So scary. Oh, my God. I was horrified. I second. I was like, I, I went through the gyro step, the blue wire, and I got to your name. And I was like, no, I forgot to ask. I'm bad with names. Listen, chat knows that. People know that. Uh, longtime listeners of pod know that. So we're welcome to tie in to preview a little heat buck. So the heat have played a couple games. Milwaukee has played a couple games. And now it's an Eastern Conference semifinal rematch. Honestly, that feels like the conference finals. That feels like the big win. Because like the Celtics, we don't even I mean, I feel like as a series, we all remember the Bucks, right, Christian? I feel like we remember the Bucks series more. Yeah, well, I think just because, like, I think it was really the Bucks series that kind of let the fan base realize, oh, this is this is like a real run, you know, because you just knocked off the biggest contender in the East. I think by the time we got to the Celtics series, we're like, okay, they can definitely do this. So I feel like the the initial shock of pulling it off definitely made it a much more memorable series as a Heat fan. So I guess for Ty, I, I kind of want to start because obviously like the off season, kind of the beginning of the season, there was some chatter about the, you know, the heat kind of fluking their way into a finals appearance. And I think that there's something to be said about, you know, they didn't have to play a road game or whatever, but I kind of want your perspective as a, as somebody who covers the bucks. Did you feel like what the heat did was somehow anomalous? I, I wouldn't say that. And I don't like the fluke word either. I think like the first thing, like the bubble stuff all happened, right? Like it's not, I, I don't think you can take anything away from any of the the great performances or teams of the bubble, right? Like I know people have said the same kind of idea about like what Jamal Murray, especially, and also Donovan Mitchell did like, does it count? Like, yeah, it counts. I mean, you need to see it more from those guys to continue proving themselves, but what they did certainly counts. That's how I feel about the heat too. Uh, do I think the circumstances were probably better for Miami than a lot of teams, not just because of the Florida thing, but because like, this is just a team that grinds and that's their culture. I mean, that helps all the time. But I remember like early, like game one, game two of the series, there was like this video the heat put out of like all the guys working out from home together and, and grinding super hard. And the, the story we'd gotten from the bucks, like, they didn't really practice hard their first couple of weeks in the bubble. They really eased their way back in. And I think both teams kind of played like it in the conference finals and uh, kind of helped decide it. So I think the Heat certainly played better than the Bucks. Do I think, you know, in a more typical setting, do the Bucks have a better chance? Probably. But I don't think it swings the series. Just the way Milwaukee played, they weren't prepared enough. We've seen the same issues kind of haunt Giannis and the Bucks in, in other tough postseason matchups. I think the Heat were good enough to win outside of the bubble as well. I do think it was an advantageous situation, but everybody had to play in the same circumstances. The Heat just adapted to it better. I don't think you should take anything away from them for that. So something that I find interesting about kind of if you compare the, the Raptors series from the year before and then the Heat series from last season, the Raptors, what, what really changed is the Bucs couldn't really score in the half court, right? And obviously Toronto had a defense that had Marcus All, Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Lowry, Van Vliet, you know, OG, OG wasn't there, but, you know, all these plus big, long, 
fast, intelligent defenders. And the thing that the Heat were able to do was just torch their defense. I think that the Bucks, their offense wasn't as clean as you'd want, but I don't think that, you know, you ever saw that, okay, like they're really struggling to kind of score here. Uh, but it was more that the Heat were shredding the drop scheme. And I know that, you know, they, they, I think that the adjustment stuff is put a little too hard on Bud because I know in the Raptor series, he did adjust a little bit. Uh, and in the Heat, he just really stuck more to his guns. I, I did think it was weird. Thai, maybe you can tell me this, like why they, they wouldn't switch some of the bigger handoffs but every time jimmy put george hill in a pick and roll they were switching that i don't that that's the one decision that i never really understood i mean the one that the one if we're just talking about decisions we never understood for me it's still like not playing Wes in the closing minutes of i think is it one and three games one and three or whatever two games it was where like jimmy like killed him you know both fourth quarters and won the series in both fourth quarters and i mean west did a really good job on jimmy i don't have the numbers i don't have the advanced stats I remember from watching it, I'm sure if you pulled it up, the numbers would reflect this. Like when West guarded Jimmy, Jimmy was like fine to good or, or really just not making that outsized of an impact. When anybody else guarded him, he was freaking incredible. And the same guy we saw, you know, go tear up the finals too. So like, not like West would have held him to nothing. I'm sure Jimmy would have tried to score more in those situations anyway. But um, regardless, as far as like the switching and when they do, when they don't, I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, I've been trying to uh, <laughs> figure out why Bud does Bud things for a long time. It's really hard to do. Uh, you'll see some variations where it makes sense. You'll see somewhere it doesn't. And then most of the time, you'll just see none. So I, I don't really have a good reason. I mean, I think um, the the defense against Miami was tough. I, I think the Bucks maybe just didn't believe that the shooters were as good as they were. I mean, like the thing coming in for me too, and I guess to, to, in fairness to bud, like I didn't expect Jay Crowder to continue to be this guy and it didn't really last all that long. Me neither. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say it was the buck series where Jay Crowder shot like 45% from three, right? Bad. Every other series. He was bad. Every other series. Um, But he picked a good one to be good. And, and they really, I mean, it kind of feeds into it. If he's getting a lot of good looks I mean that helps, but um, I think offensively, like not having better answers to what Miami did was probably even more killer for Milwaukee. Like I never would have expected Crowder to be able to be a primary on Giannis. I mean, going into the series, I remember thinking, well, you need to get, you'll get to a place where Bam has to be the guy who guards him. And then maybe you can open up some more stuff off ball. The Bucks never really got there. So I think that was a huge issue for Milwaukee as well. And I think like their one thing was the Chris Giannis pick and roll and Miami had the defenders to just switch it. And then they had nothing else. So I think the in, lack of ingenuity on both ends continues to be something that killed the Bucks. It definitely did in that series. It probably will in these two games coming up as well because we're so early into this new season. We haven't seen but them have a lot of time to experiment yet. So chat's asking, wasn't Jay really good versus Indiana? I'm pretty sure he was like 35% in that series. Or, no, or yeah, he, he shot about 30, yeah, about around 35%. He I only had two games. 40% pedestrian. Yeah. Like yeah, average. I mean, that, that that's a, that's an average league average shooter. Um, Yeah. I, it's uh, your point about the J stuff. And we're going to get into that now kind of previewing their little mini series. I like to call them mini series, right? They're little, little, little back-to-back little, little mini series. Um, He, you know, he's a guy and I've been thinking about this a lot Ty, because, you know, they have more Harkless now and they have kind of this weird kind of 
void at power forward that they can't guard bigger but like they're, they're really they're a lot quicker right and like jay couldn't really stay in front of dudes like i, I i've seen ton, i've watched tons of phil jay play defense and he switched on to a quicker guy and him just get completely beat he's just not that fast but like he's so good positionally and i he knows that that helps coming so by bam coming over to help instead of being on ball with Giannis, right kind of leaving those other guys uh I think that makes a difference. Uh, I'm su- I'm surprised too that they didn't go bam on the ball more, but it, it really worked out. And I think that he's so destructive as a help defender. It's crazy. So kind of looking ahead to what we're, we have the Tuesday, Wednesday, back to back. I know that the bucks came off a really weird game against the Knicks that we caught the little bit pre-show. Uh, we, I feel like we kind of throw that out the window when, you know, Alfred Payton's hitting a bunch of jumpers. Um, Jimmy's not playing for the first game, right? So I think it's going to be hard to take a lot out of this. But if you're Milwaukee, like, you know, you're, you, I don't know how much you know about like Precious and their big situation. Like, is that, I, I don't know how maybe you feel about that going in, you know, with, with kind of these quicker, more nimble bigs against Lopez and all that. Like, that's to me the matchup that I'm really looking at early because we're not going to have Jimmy. Yeah, uh, I don't know a ton. I haven't gotten to watch a lot of Miami so far this season. I did catch a pretty good amount of the Christmas game, and and Precious seemed, I guess, intriguing is the right word, right? Like you can certainly see the upside and and what he what the team anticipates him to do. You can tell it's not all the way there yet either, which is kind of how rookies go when you have like two days of camp or whatever. Um, I, I think the Lopez matchup will be interesting. He hasn't looked great for most of the season. I think he's looked a little slow and. Bucks Twitter's already convinced he's washed and he's done. I'm not there. I mean, I thought he was like two games I, in. I, I love the beginning yeah, of the know, season. Right? Always just hyperbolic. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Every team that's three and zero right now is for sure confirmed to be a top two seed, right? Isn't that <laughs> the Cavs are going to the finals? Cavs, Magic, Eastern Conference Finals. Back. It's a throwback. Um, <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds terrible. I don't. I, I want no part of it. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not there. I mean, he was so good against Miami. He was one of the few bucks where I really walked away from that series, going, yeah. "Okay, I trust Brook Lopez." Like he did everything all over. I think he's a little older. He's a big guy. I feel like he's kind of ramping up into action. So hoping to see him get better as the season goes on. But I think he might have some trouble with with the quicker bigs for sure. Um, I think what'll be interesting, of course, is just like last time. I want to look at who guards Giannis and how do they do? I and mean, Jay Crowder was so good at it. As you mentioned, I think Bam certainly can do it, but if you can keep him as the help defender, all the better, right? Like that's, that's uh, an embarrassment of riches on the defensive end. So I'm really intrigued <laughs> to see how they handle Giannis this time around. I think Giannis has had a frustrating start to the year for him. He hasn't really gotten to, to uncork it. I mean, you could probably look at the stats and say I'm crazy, but he hasn't really found his rhythm yet either. Chris Middleton, the one guy who really has, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, I'm just kind of as a Bucks person right now waiting for a breakthrough. Like, I think there's going to be a game when they kind of start to click and they'll probably go on a run. I don't really expect it against either of these Miami games. I think they're still kind of figuring things out. They're still integrating the new guys. Um, and that's the process is going OK, I would say. But we've seen what kind of a matchup Miami is for the Bucks. Maybe they'll look good in this game one if Jimmy's out. Uh, game two, though, with Jimmy. I still, especially at this early point in the season, I, I just, I like, I think Miami is in a better situation than the Bucks right now. I would expect them to at least win one of these games, maybe even take both of them. Although it is hard to win against the same team back to back. 
So Christian, I actually thought that like, so the point that Ty's making about like, who's going to go to Giannis. So I know we've kind of covered a lot about the Mo Harkless situation, right? So I have some numbers. Mo Harkless is on the court. The defense is 104. When he's off the court, the defense is about 106. Uh, so it's it's about two points better with him on, which has been a little surprising. However, the Heat are 14 points better when he's off than on. He's, he's minus 15 uh, net rating off on and then plus 14 net rating uh, off, which is, I don't know how to feel about that. That's just concerning, man. He's, he's not been great. No. Yeah. And, and as Ty was talking about, you know, the role that Jay played uh, and not only guarding Giannis, I'm, I was, I'm actually looking at the NBA stats matchup data from that series um, last playoffs. And it's actually amazing to me that uh, Jay was actually crap was guarding Middleton also almost the same amount as he did Giannis. He was guarding their two best players to the tune of defending 60 field goal attempts in a five game series against both of those guys combined while holding Giannis to 40% from the field and, and Middleton also to 40% from the field. That's very impressive considering you have two elite offensive talents. So the real question for Miami going up against Milwaukee now is how are they going to replace those Jay Crowder minutes defensively. And obviously can they continue to have that, that whoever that player is contribute with the 40 something, you know, percent threes that he was shooting in that series as well. He played a massive role in that series. The Middleton thing is interesting. Cause like, especially the first game without Yimmy, Jimmy, that would be Yimmy. I made him Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> the first game without Jimmy. Um, I don't, I don't like Duncan and Tyler. That's a lot to ask out of them. You know, I don't even know who the hell would start. I mean, you'd have Mo Harkless kind of, they might go big, right? So they might go Myers-Bam. I think that might be the move so that you could just slot Mo Harkless into the three spot if Jimmy's not going to play. But it's going to be, that's that's tough. And I think you could probably get away with that because you can kind of keep Myers on Brooke Lopez and it's not like, Brooks a mover, right? As long as Myers stays still, I mean, he's fine and drop, right? You know, he'll screen and roll and Myers will drop and they'll, they'll be okay. Right. Depending on who the guard is, uh, if it's, you know, Tyler or Duncan or whatever, like, I don't, I don't know, Chris, like that, that's the part that kind of stresses me out. Yeah. Chris has been the yeah, MVP I, of the team so far, not to cut off, but he's been awesome. so, so, so good. Um, and it's been needed like to even keep bucks in game. So that's been awesome to see. Dante DiVincenzo has been really, really good. So it'll be interesting to see. I feel like him and um, Tyler Harrow kind of had a little back and forth in the series. I feel like they were both kind of jostling to be like the the scrappy white dude that is actually good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think Harrow got the better of him in the playoffs as a whole, but Dante is coming out uncorked this year, man. Dante looks terrific. So I, it'll be interesting. I think going big for Miami probably is the move here just because in addition to, you know, probably going to be able to just throw Myers on Brooke Lopez. And I mean, they, Brooke Lopez, I think, could absolutely torch Myers Leonard, but the Bucks don't go to him a lot for that inside offense, right? Like if they did, they could maybe make that a problem. But on the other end, if the Bucks are steadfast, steadfastly sticking to the drop coverage, then like having Myers do pick and pops and stuff could be really effective for Miami. So that seems like, honestly, something I thought I would we would see more of in the series. I know his minutes... Didn't go great, if I recall, in the in the semis. I think they kind of just tested it out and like went away from it pretty quickly. Um, I, I think it could work though, still theoretically. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that and just go to pop him a bunch. How the Bucks react if they switch it up right away, or if they let Myers Leonard take like ten open threes over three quarters or something. 
Yeah, the Myers Bam the, the Myers Bam lineups have really good regular season numbers, but I think in a playoff setting when they're trying to switch, uh, you just you know Myers doesn't allow you to have that flexibility. Yeah. So Jay Jay and Bam obviously you know especially that four or five stuff you 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 can really move. Chat saying they want to see how KZ defends Giannis. They want uh, him out of Spo prison, <laughs> out of Heat prison. Uh, Spo, I don't. Hi, are I, you I mean, aware I, we have we, a baby Giannis on our team? Uh, just one. Yeah, he's baby I you guys had like three or four at this point. Well, hear me out. We have the, the goal is to have five bams. Well, apparently bams. KZ, according to Solomon Hill, was was pretty much practice squad Giannis when we were uh, preparing for your for the playoff matchup last year. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm excited. But he doesn't get any playing time. That's the okay, only problem. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm super upset on Twitter because like we traded three second round picks for him. He like he had his best game the last game of the preseason because we only played two preseason games against the Toronto Raptors against our starting unit. He won like six for 10 from three, 23 points, like playing solid defense on Fred Van Fleet, switching on the perimeter and stuff. And then he doesn't get any minutes. We're so mad, Ty. We're we're so freaking Mo Twitter is in shambles. Minutes. We can't even have a finals run and come back happy. No, <laughs> we're yelling at coach. We're yelling at Coach Bo. We want Alex Toledo a five on the floor to have make him accountable. <laughs> we, we want we it's just upset. Somebody Correction. needs to hold Spo. Huh? Correction. Woody one five four seven said twenty four points. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's yeah. So yeah, thanks, Chad, for correcting us. Yeah, like that's the guy I think would be good on Yana because he's a he's a big long guy. He's strong. He can won't get pushed. Like Mo is is a, not a strong dude. Like Mo's gonna man. I feel bad. Like if they have Giannis defending him, it's like when they put Derek Jones Jr. on Giannis. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for Derek. <laughs> like Giannis is too strong. Derek is so skinny, and Derek tries so hard. <laughs> And then Giannis just bulldozes him because Giannis is a fucking freak of nature. He's like, he's like Shaq. Yeah. He's like physically, he's like fucking Shaq. It's crazy. He on, and he Shaq with a spin move. He put on 50, 50 to 60 pounds of muscle since his rookie year, which is just a wild. I mean, I know he was really small, but it's still just a number that blows my mind every time. Yeah, I wonder if this would be maybe if things aren't going well for the, the first plan to defend Giannis, if then maybe Spo would break the glass. I know Bucks Twitter is in God, a very please. similar furor over Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill, which it sounds ridiculous for guys picked 45 and 60, <laughs> but they actually look awesome. Like they both look like legit shooters. Merrill's got some off the dribble sauce. Wara's got some size and Pat Connaughton is still just Pat Connaughton. It turns out, you know, helping, God, helping to get you signed did not give him any attribute bonuses. Um, so he's still Pat, um, but he's still playing a lot. And it's the same deal. Bucks Twitter is like, these like, try bud for treason against the world right now for denying <laughs> us Sam Merrill and Jordan war minutes. And they're starting to win me over. So I, I feel like I feel you guys on the KZ. Let's hype. go. <laughs> Let's go. Well, Ty, you know, like, so Ty and I are in like some blue check Mark NBA Twitter group chat. Right. I feel, I feel finally like I've made it. <laughs> and I was, I was saying, I was like, Oh, you know, this, this KZ Paula, you know, should probably start over Mo Harkless. And the blue check mark said, no, Mo Harkless is a veteran rotation <laughs> player. He's been on good teams before. Uh, I, uh, somebody said that Mo Harkless, uh, KZ was the worst G League player or something like that. I felt so defeated. He, he I did not back. have a great G League season. Oh, there, were a lot of, there, there were a lot of people that were down on him like halfway through the year last Funny, year before he got like hurt. In his G League games, he had like 20 G League starts. He hit like 15 or 16 threes and literally in two preseason games he had like 10 Jeez. i know but he's good i have the vision i see it i see what's there nobody else does blue check marks don't see it like we see it we sound crazy i know he's good this is Especially what happens when corner. you lose his, for his corner threes uh, are like are pretty much like 
almost better than PJ Tucker. I mean, like Ty, like it legitimately, like they have such a vacuum of power forward that it's like, it's kind of alarming considering like, this is obviously a good team. Like the heat are good. They're going to be good in the regular season. They have continuity. They have a really good fucking player in Jimmy Butler. Gordon Dragic is scorching earth again. Thank God. I was so scared after I the mean, injury. Have, have we talked about the fact that Jimmy is doubtful for yes. Tuesday? Yeah. Well, he's not. Yeah. We, uh, we mentioned okay, that, because, yeah. I mean, because that's good. That's going to play a big role as well. I mean, Spo likes to play smaller and if he doesn't have Jimmy Butler there to play the four occasionally kind of forces his hand to play, KZ. you know, we might yeah. see, we, that's we why might we see said some, that they were going to go big with Myers, like Myers. Bam. I feel like they have to go with KZ since he can space a little bit, but we might see some precious Bam Myers, oh, Leonard, see precious Kendrick Bam, Kelly Olenek. We're definitely going to see Kendrick in that minute. That's for sure. So I, I, I'm curious as to if they go, Precious Bam, I just don't really see how that works. So I don't think they've played a minute of action. Yeah, they haven't played at all together yet. Uh, they've really liked Precious they did and Kelly the, They Olenek. did in the preseason, though, twice. Yeah, played like games. two minutes. See, that would just, yeah. that's, that's um, tough against Milwaukee, right? Because that like Milwaukee wants to be able to ignore three-point shooting and, and just crowd the rim. <laughs> and I, I don't think, like, putting two, I, I don't know, I assume Precious is mostly a non-shooter. I don't know. He hasn't taken yeah, a, he's, he's, okay. he's a role yeah. man. So, like, at that point, like, you're just making Brook Lopez and Giannis also their life really easy. And I think that could make it pretty tough for Miami offensively. So like the yeah. KO precious lineups are are good, right? They're they're outscoring teams by like seven points per hundred possessions. Obviously, we're playing with incredibly small samples. Yeah. Uh, it looks good in theory. It works because you know precious would guard the five man, and KZ would uh, precious would guard the fours. KZ would guard the fives, but but precious is a five on offense. Triggers the handoffs, kind of screens, dives. Olynyk's a shooter. They kind of do some fun action where they do like these reverse handoffs, and and they do like lots of fun stuff. So that's something. Something that I think that Spoh's really leaned into because, like Christian, you know, they haven't really gone KO plus other big for a long time. They just, you know, after a certain point, it was just Myers and Bam, and then after that, it was just exclusively, you know, one big plus, you know, Jay Crowder or you know Derek or whatever, right? So they kind of seem to be going trending back to playing a little bit bigger, and I think this is probably the game to do it on the guard side. So Goran is Goran again, uh, which is good because I mean that injury was really scary. I think like the Bucks are are like a like a team where like Kendrick Nunn is also really helpful if he can like hit a jumper because you know he will have that little pull up and he can get to a spot really easily. Uh like I think that's like his best skill as a player. Like he can really get to that kind of 17, 15 foot pull up like when he wants. Uh, he's short on every single good. shot though. That's the only issue. He looks bad. Like it's like concerning. That's the other thing. Like in the regular season, like he he was just eating minutes. And while he wasn't good defensively, like you know, he was gonna be good for like kind of getting some baskets and in, in, in kind of very consolidated minutes. So Avery Bradley looks good, but he's obviously not the score. Like I, I it, it's it's kind of tough if their guards can't really hit those pull-ups. Like they I need don't... Tyler to do it. That's for sure. And like especially he's... if he's starting again, which I don't even do you think he'll keep starting? See, that's, that's the other something thing. that we, we were posing because obviously after the Pelicans game, we noticed that like Dragic was running the offense much better than Hero was practically the entire He's game. He's not a and point then, guard. Well, I mean, still, I, I mean, don't going think... up against Drew Holiday. Yeah, is yeah. Be a and then I think Avery also. Bradley be helpful just defensively. Yeah, like the Bucks defense is going to be any better. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. 
Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get every single possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching prop, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day head over to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses don't forget to use code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts it's gonna be awful for him <laughs> like he's too small and he doesn't like the thing with tyler is he's obviously like a good player but he doesn't get a lot of separation when he drives and his pull-up jumper is not as good as it should be Right? Like, I think if you look at how he does against drop defenses, it's not great. And uh, evidenced by that Lakers series, that like, he was just awful every time AD dropped. It was just he had the cushion and just could not take advantage. He can get to the rim and he can get downhill. And he has he does create space because he is a good shooter and he can get to a pull up like, you know, with a head of steam. Uh, but it's just tougher to pull up from three. I don't I like him off the bench more, Christian, like I. I, w- I went through like multiple phases of who should start last game. I was like, no, go. I tweeted out Goran is the starter. Goran won the starting job. And then I was like, ah, never mind, Avery Bradley. Cause like Tyler just plays better with the off guard. Like as long as he's not triggering pick and rolls, he reminds me a lot of like Jay Rich, right? Like Josh couldn't initiate sets and he couldn't bend the defense, but he could always attack a bent defense. And I think that's perfect for, I think Tyler will grow into a guy that can really trigger pick and rolls and kind of bring the ball up and stuff like that. But I, it's just so much better when they bring him off of pistol and all that other stuff than when he's just bringing the ball up and it's like, okay, somebody come screen for him. No, absolutely. And especially, I mean, I'm the, obviously the last game that we saw was the Christmas day game against the Pelicans. Um, but it was such a glaring difference in that game when they took Tyler out and when they brought Goran in and the way that that, I mean, obviously the entire game shifted, but especially offensively, Goran is just playing with an incredible amount of confidence. He's getting to wherever he wants to go. And he's honestly making the game look really easy right now, which I was, I'm I'm shocked with, you know, I know that the injury that he had back in the playoffs wasn't that severe. It was just obviously that kept him out for the finals, but obviously he's no spring chicken anymore and he's looking incredible out there. So it's, 
it's tough because, you know, Spo historically does not take starting lineup decisions lightly. He usually doesn't like to mess with the starting lineup too much, which also kind of tells me that I expect him to move forward with the lineup that he used against the Pelicans, knowing that he's going against a few teams that have a good amount of size. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough decision for him because so far, yeah, I don't know if the trade rumors are getting in his head, but Tyler, he he's occasionally making mistakes out there and then he gets tentative. He just gives the ball up and kind of, you know, plays himself out of the play. And if you, if he's going to be playing point guard for this team, he needs to be involved in every possession. Like, Ty, if you're the Bucks, like you look at Miami's guard situation, and and if you're if you're looking at what worries you, are you are you with me that it's like okay, it's the guys that can get to the pull ups, or is there something else that maybe would kind of be more of a weakness for them? I think for the Bucks, it's definitely. I mean, anyone who can hit threes, but especially like a consistent pull up jumper is such a big threat to the Bucks because they do like to drop. That is like aside from threes, probably the place that you will get the most space. Right, is the mid range. I mean. If the Bucks are okay with three-point shots, they're super okay with anybody taking mid-rangers. So, like, I think that's a place that that players can actually hurt them a bit. Like, I know none has just been, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it since. Yeah, I mean, bad is it? But, Toilet. Yeah, which is weird because it was, didn't he Garbage. end first-team all-rookie? Second and rookie of the year voting. Second and rookie of the year voting. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure if either of that was deserved. Well, but it he did was, happen. Like before the shutdown, <laughs> he was really good, right? Like I mean, that was. It's funny now. But is, I, I mean, maybe was. to the outside okay, world. That's fair. That's fair. Early in the season, he he was he was playing strong. He absolutely yeah, that's, was. Uh, it's just it seems funny now because it feels like a billion years ago because that's how it was very. Is. It was very Zach Levine. His numbers felt very Zach Levine, like baby Zach Levine. Yeah. Which I've been a useful player, right? More useful than I guess he's become now. I, I don't watch a lot of Kendrick Nunn, but <laughs> yeah, um, no, one hundred percent. Like he was great against, against lottery teams, and he would just stink it up against like good playoff teams. Yeah, it was a three point shooting. Like he was like a decent spot up shooter. It was like thirty seven. There was this point in the season where he was like shooting like forty two percent from from three, like spot up. So yeah, but but uh, actually, it's, it's it's interesting. Sorry, I, I just was looking this up since we're talking about shooting off the dribble. I mean, Tyler's been pretty bad in the first two games this season, but the only bright spot he has had is that he's shooting 59% effectively from the field, effective field goal percentage on jumpers off the dribble. That actually puts him top 10 in the league. You know, obviously, there's very few guys that have taken 10 reps at this point, but he's been efficient so far. He's no, he's not Kelly Oubre. I'll give him that. <laughs> Only dunks through two yeah. games or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I Have you seen those games? Not that we're a Suns podcast, but like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's on the Warriors, Jamie. That's what I said. You said Suns. Oh, said sorry. Sons. I just said it's Suns. I know he's on the Warriors. <laughs> I know. Um, yes, I'm very much rooting for Steph, yeah. No, but I think they need uh, – the, the, the Heat need one of Harrow or, or Goran out there. I don't want to say at all times because I know Bam is a good playmaker, especially for his position. But I feel like only Bam, if you're talking about like Bam and then Duncan, Myers Leonard, and, and – um, oh, my goodness. The name's escaping me. The defensive guard that you guys just talked about. Avery Bradley. Yeah, AB. Um, like, I just, I'd like Bam with none of Harrow, Goran. Like, I just don't know if they're going to get enough playmaking out of that. Like, that's the tough part about losing Jimmy, who's like everything to the team at once except a sharpshooter, basically. Um, so, I don't know. I think they're going to need to play either Goran or Harrow. I think it feels to me like the whole game, and they're going to need Harrow to be good. Otherwise, I just worry about that playmaking vacuum for them. Like, Avery Bradley will be useful, but 
I don't know how useful, right? Like, I don't know who on the Bucks he's really going to be able to clamp. I mean, I probably could do a good job on Drew Holiday. I don't know um, how impactful that'll be. Like, Drew hasn't been a main scorer for the team so far. He's really focused on defense and then just kind of a change of pace guy. He'll go get two points in the paint when he needs to. I don't think Bradley is big enough for Chris. He's certainly not big enough for Giannis. So I don't know how much he will add unless he decides to become Jay Crowder and just hit 40% on high volume from three against the Bucks, which I wouldn't care for that very much. So and what will happen against the Knicks just recently? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's that is in play. Alfred Payton and Nilakina do it. it. It is in play. Okay. So I have some numbers on Tyler and we're going to, we're going to get out of here in a second, but so with hero on the floor and Dragic off their offense is a 95 offensive rating. They're minus 15 Ooh. per hundred possessions. When Goran's on without Tyler, they're plus 24 net rating with a 130 offensive rating. Now when Goran and Tyler share the floor, they have a 104 offensive rating and a 17 net rating. That, no, that number is a little weird because they have an 86 defensive rating and that's sure as hell not them. <laughs> but yeah. I do think there's something to be said about the offense just com- being completely in the fucking toilet when Tyler's running it. In 43 minutes this season, the offense is a 95 offensive rating, which is just awful. Yeah, He's just not that kind of playmaker. And to me, I think that's, again, 43 minutes, incredibly small sample. Nothing matters. The Cavs are in first place in the East, right? <laughs> People think Andre Drummond's good again. I will not fall for it. Um, but that, that's kind of where we are. The last thing I wanted to talk about, Ty, before we get out of here is um, is kind James of the Harden? bam. What'd you say, Brian? James Harden. No, we're not talking. This is a James Harden show, guys. James, <laughs> he looked great. James Harden show. We need him on this fucking team. We've done team. nothing but talking about James Harden for a month. Over forty points, seventeen assists on like plus seventy percent true shooting. With a beer belly. He's James Harden. He's James With Harden. Who's surprised belly. by this? He still can't. And get after him. the game, he Bro. was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not in shape." <laughs> Just matter of fact, <laughs> give him all the croquetas he wants. I don't give a fuck. Just bring him to Miami. He, uh, he's, he's very good. So last thing, Ty, I wanted to get to kind of get out of you was, so Miami's favorite pet play and my favorite thing in the world right now is the Duncan bam handoff. Yeah. It is uh last season. I said this a bunch in the podcast. There were like 1.3 points per possession. Every time they did that action. Uh, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Duncan's very good. Duncan. Listen, as of right now, maybe he's the best shooter in the league. I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, what do you mean you there. don't know? Also of course not, you know. I mean, Steph had a Steph had a game <laughs> yesterday. I don't want to be. I don't want to slanders. You know, Steph had the little you know little sidestep dribble three. It's really good. No, but like legit, like it's a bulls. Like as a spot up guy and as that a movement count. guy, like you know, obviously not not like an on ball shooter, but like right now he's like as as good as anybody in the league shooting the ball. And that Bam Duncan handoff is really. Uh, the basis of everything that they do offensively. Now the Bucks were did a great job of just trailing him, kind of going over screens hard. Wes Matthews was just incredible at that. They tried uh, um, Chris Middleton to do that. Kind of wondering who you think they have chasing Duncan around next game because I really think, especially without Jimmy, their offense is gonna a lot of the time come from that. It's gonna be super interesting. So they've used Wes, as you mentioned, was kind of the. Um, the number one perimeter defender. He picked up a lot of their toughest assignments last year. He's obviously gone now and, and barely playing in LA. Um, and not to like, that's not like, I'm not trying to discredit. I think he's probably still good. They just haven't used him much, whatever. Um, they've been using Chris Middleton now as the number one guy, which is kind of a fascinating thing, right? Because it felt like he 
has kind of fallen. I don't want to say fallen off like he's been bad, but he hasn't focused as much on defense since picking up so much offensive load in the last two, three years. So it's kind of fascinating to watch them have him do more, and he's still been really good offensively. I kind of wonder if they're going to switch that up at all or just keep it going. So if I had to guess, I would probably guess that Chris starts on him, assuming Miami goes with two bigs, Brooke Lopez on one, Giannis on the other. It wouldn't shock me, though, to see Dante DiVincenzo pick up some time just because he is more of a, you know, fight through every screen kind of ball of energy player. And he's really good at like picking off passes in the first place. I think that's the best way to guard Duncan Robinson is to not even let him get the damn ball. I mean, I think I've seen him hit threes when he's like super tightly closed coverage. I don't think it matters that much to him. So I think Dante could be a good option to try to deny the ball in general. So Personally, I'd probably like to see Dante because it all depends who Miami plays. I think um, fully healthy. I like probably Chris on Jimmy a little bit more unless they go Drew Holiday on him, which so far they've kept Drew to guarding more actual guards, not just any uh, perimeter offensive players. So long story short, I would imagine we'd see some Chris. I hope for the Bucks' sake, we see some Dante DiVincenzo because I think he could be an ideal defender because you're not like, you're not worried about getting super overpowered, right? Like, I don't think Duncan's yeah. going to back anybody up and make him barbecue chicken very often. Maybe he could. He's got the shooting touch to probably post up from anywhere, half court, for God's sakes. But um, but I, I would like <laughs> yeah. to see that. I do think we'll see some Chris at some point, though. He did a pretty good job, like you mentioned, uh, on him in the playoffs. The Bucks did the best job of anybody with Duncan, which I thought yeah. was st- shocking because, like, they were, you know, the big is dropped. Look, Lopez, every time Bam sets that screen, Lopez is dropping. And I'm like, yeah. well, okay, like, theoretically, like, Duncan's going to come off and he's going to have the space. And what Wes and Middleton did was they closed that so fucking fast and yeah. so tightly that Duncan could not even get up into the shooting motion, right? And he was just, and, they, and, and I say this a lot, but they end up flipping that into another handoff and what I call the revolving door of handoffs. Uh, yeah, the Lakers couldn't do it, even with Caruso as good as he is. It's the one benefit, right, of the box, like always doing that kind of stuff on ball screens. Like that's the other ha- aspect of their drop. Their perimeter players are so good and get so much practice at fighting through those screens and trying to prevent those high value shots from being taken. So that's the payoff of that, right? And I think that is, I guess, one positive aspect to the defense that makes all of us pull our hair out all the time over on Bucks Twitter. Like it's so like they, they do it so well. Like the Celtics tried everything. The Celtics are like, okay, Jalen's <laughs> going to run around. Marcus is going to switch that. They tried everything and none of yeah. it worked. The only other team that defended it as well was Raptors. That's because they have an extraterrestrial as OG Ananobi that can switch in yep. front and do all sorts of wild shit. Um, <laughs> Kristen, before we get out of here, uh, we're going to plug some stuff, but I kind of want to get your predictions on starters. Cause again, Tuesday, Jimmy's probably not going to play. It looks like so what do you think is going to be with my music? Cause I have a, I have a, I have a wacky prediction. Uh, I am going to go with uh, the kind of point I made earlier that I believe that Spo really doesn't like to change what he does. So I would expect him to roll out the lineup that he rolled out to start the second half against the Pelicans, which was hero Robinson, Iguodala, Bam and Myers Leonard. Yeah. If he does that, I'll be really upset. Brian, do you have a prediction? <laughs> Making James Harden at point. Oh <laughs> I hate you so much. I think, listen, I, I'm going to go wacky here because I think that Tyler has been so fucking bad these two games. I think he's not starting. And I think because Jimmy's not going to play, they need someone to create offense. So it's going to be Goron, Duncan, Mo Harkless, Myers, and Bam. I think that to me, I see Ty nodding. That makes sense. 
it makes sense to me too. I, I have no idea if it'll happen. I have less insight than any of you on what actually works. One thing I'm a little <laughs> curious about, I don't know if we're running too much on time. Why Harkless over Iguodala? Is it just like resting Iggy for the playoffs type deal or has he not been as good defensively? I don't want Andre guarding bigger people than him. He's not good at it, but gotcha. both seems to feel otherwise. Uh, well, he might he just not up. have options either. Yeah. I mean, Casey Paul is waiting on the bench. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> what he's doing. Chris, you made a face when he said that. What What he said? What about Casey? About, about Andre? About Andre? Why are they not using Andre? Oh, I mean, I I think I think he's right. I think it has to do with the fact that it's the regular season. I, I was actually trying to look it up real quick. I, I would bet that Andre probably played less in the regular season than he did in the playoffs last year, and I would probably yeah. expect Spo to try to do the yeah. same thing because he doesn't need him in the regular season. We know what right. Chad's saying. I, no, yeah, Chad. I don't mean Andre at the three is bad. I mean Andre playing up now. Andre at the three, but with you know, kind of Bam and Tyler running the offense I don't like because Tyler's going to need space and if you have yeah. you know if you're running Bam and him pick and roll you have one you know you have a guy that you can really help off of so that's kind of where I'm iffy with Iguodala starting but that, that could very well be what we get um, Ty do you want to give people your Twitter at where they can find you where they can find your incredible Bucks podcast yeah for sure appreciate the the kind words so my Twitter at is just my name so at Ty Windish and it is spelled weird T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H. And I will plug everything, anything then many, many times, trust me. But the podcast is called Euro or Gyro Step, however you want to say it. I do personally go Euro Step to do the, the food play, but I know people pronounce that differently too. I don't want to get into Greek food politics here, but uh, G-Y-R-O Step, anywhere you find podcasts, you will find us. And yeah, we break down bucks every week, usually more than once a week. We will, and we always do Wednesdays. So we, we say hump day is ours. We own hump day. So look for a new pod breaking down game one on Wednesday morning. That's Blue Wire family right there. This is Mafia. Yes. Go support our Blue Wire fam, <laughs> except for the chase down. Justin Rowan is a terrorist. <laughs> no comment. <laughs>